Faulkner. Craig Faulkner here. We're back again. We are. One more time. Not just one more time, but another time. Yeah, you know what I'm really enjoying? What's that? I like our little jingle that we have on the uh, beginning of the I think this podcast. is the first episode where we've actually heard the jingle right. before the intro and outro music. Well, how did that happen? We hooked up with our sound editor who we use, a guy who goes by the name of Pleasant Pictures. Yeah, Eric Robertson. A.K.A. Eric Robertson. And he came up with a nice little intro and outro. It's simple. It doesn't take a long yes. time, but I feel like it sets the energy. Right. Yeah. And the thing I like about it is we're not pirating anybody's- No. We own the rights we to own that. It. This is episode six, and mm-hmm. as it goes, last time I was the teacher, this time you are the teacher for the teaching moment, and what will you be teaching today? I would like to teach you how to quit your day job. I would like you to teach me how to quit my day job. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, between you, me, and the listeners, let's yes. all agree that no one play this for anybody at my day job uh, right. so that we can talk freely here. We don't have to worry about this going back. I'm sure the internet will keep it a secret. Yes. Yes. Nothing ever gets passed nothing around on the ever, internet. Nothing ever gets on out. On the World Wide Web, as I oh, like to call it. So many, so many strands on yes. that web. Okay. How to quit your day job. Have you ever thought about quitting a job? Not your current yeah. job, but a day job. I have quit a lot of jobs. Yeah. And you know, over the years, I've quit a lot of day jobs. I look back when I graduated from college, as I kind of replay that, I had a job for about a year and a half to two years, my first job, and I was developing really bad work habits. And so I mustered up the energy to quit. And I thought, I'm going to go into business for myself. I quit and I went into business for myself for about four months. And that was just shortly after I had been married. And I discovered that I was running out of money really, really fast. Yeah, that does happen. It just, man, the money went so fast. One of the main side effects of quitting your job. I think I'd saved five or $10,000 and I thought, okay, I've got it made. This was back in the late seventies. So, you know, money used to go a little further then, but I burned through it really quick. Then I got another job. And I quit after six months. And then I got another job and I quit after two years. What's the shortest amount of time you've ever had a job? Six months. Six months? Yes. Do you want to know the shortest I've ever had a job? I'm afraid to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I interviewed at this place. It was an agency and I got hired. They told me I was hired in the room. And I left the job interview and I walked around the building twice and called him and told him I quit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have to admit, I took a sales job, but I didn't really count it as a job because it was just a commission only sales job. After I got back off my mission for our church, I was selling door to door to members of the congregation. I was trying to sell illustrated stories of the Bible and I knocked on like six doors and I quit. Sometimes you know really you right know up top. really really fast it's just not for what you. you're not going to be successful at. So I do think that the trend. Well, we know the trend today is for more and more people they stay at their jobs a shorter and shorter time frame. In fact, the U.S. Department of Labor had some pretty interesting statistics. One of them was a recent study that showed that this year alone, there'll be approximately 84% of the population at least looking for another job. 84% will be looking this year? This year for another job. Not all of them will get another job. So only 16% of the population is planning on staying at their job? That's what surveys show. Also, you know the days of staying at a company for 20 years, getting the gold watch, those days are gone, even for old timers like me, you know, baby boomers. Individuals today, age 
55 to 65 will stay at their job on average for just 10 years. Yeah, from 55 to from 65. From 55 to 65. Yeah. Individuals that are in that age category yeah. on average have stayed at a job, one job for 10, for, years. for 10 years. Yeah. Here's a really interesting statistic. If we drop the age category to ages 25 through 34. So my age? Yeah, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> On average, they're staying at their job 3.1 years. That's yep. not a long time. That's not a long time. So... There definitely is a trend for people to move on. And for some of you who are listening, you may be thinking, okay, well, Craig, let's get to it. Teach me how to quit my day job. I think there are three simple steps that you need to consider when you're considering quitting your day job. Now, in this podcast, I am not going to try to pass judgment on whether or not you have a good business idea. That's going to be your responsibility to determine whether or not you have a good business. That's idea. a different episode. That is a different episode. Remember, we, we had an episode a, a couple of weeks ago about how to fund. About funding. Yeah, yep. about funding. We're not going to talk about funding, mm -hmm. but I want to talk specifically about how do you go about, how should you go about quitting your day job? So wait, can I ask one question? Sure. Are you going to talk to me about the best way to roll out of the day job, the best way to leave? Is that the kind of the idea to leave on good terms, I well, guess? Well, no, I really want to phrase this in such a way that will help you be thoughtful about whether or not you really do want to quit okay. your day job. So this might be like how to decide if quitting your day job is actually it, right is for a, you. It's a good idea. Okay. But I thought how to quit your day job would get more listeners. Yeah. So I thought we'd lead with... I mean, everybody knows how to quit. You go in and say, I yeah, quit. Yeah, quit. It's like it's a one-step process. It's pretty simple. <laughs> but the way to effectively quit your day job is to really be considerate and be thoughtful because you're only going to hurt yourself if you mm -hmm. quit your day job prematurely. So step number one, move slowly. Now, why do most people want to quit their day job? They don't like being told what to do. You ain't the boss of me. Stop telling me what to do. It's funny, on the way when I was driving over here, I passed one of those signs that says how fast you're going, and then it started flashing at me, slow down. And without thinking, I went, you slow down. <laughs> there is not a group of people around that like to be told what to do less than the Faulkner clan. We do not like it. We do not like it. So if there's anybody that is empathetic about not being told what to do, it's going to be me. But consider this. When you quit your day job, you now are going to have either clients or customers. Mm -hmm. You are going to have many more bosses than you ever dreamt of, many more managers. You're going to have a lot more people critiquing what you're doing, how you're doing it, whether you're offering value than you ever would dream of at your day job. And I'll tell you, having customers, and I've been self-employed for 35 years, and having a customer yell at you is much, much worse than having a manager yell at you. Now, the reason I know that is because I did have some day jobs in my early, early career. And I've had customers yell at me. I've had customers cuss at me. I've never had a customer actually throw anything at me. But I had, when I was a financial advisor, I had an investor that was so mad at me because I was going to make an investment recommendation and then I changed my mind about that investment recommendation because I thought it was too risky for him. He was so mad at me, so offended that he thought that I was saying he couldn't handle the risk. I thought he was going to have an aneurysm. I thought the guy's head was going to explode. He got up, was storming around the room yelling at me. So 
that was one of the most, I mean, it almost brought me to tears. Yeah. It was so unnerving. You got to imagine that customers and clients are worse than managers because a manager has to show up and be with you every day. They can't completely lose it or they can't completely lose it at least all the time. But a client, you know, especially if that's the last job they're doing with you, yes. they can get as mean as they want. So when I talk about moving slowly, Kirk, I'm talking about really analyzing your personality and processing whether you have what it takes to handle a multitude of bosses, as in your customers or clients. Now, under moving slow, I want you to also think about money. Yeah, when you quit your day job, you know what happens? Nobody's giving you money. <laughs> you have to go get the money. You've got to get money. You have got to get money. And so as obvious as the money issue sounds, most businesses fail because they are underfunded. Your cell phone bill, your rent or your mortgage payment, your utilities, the food, the clothing that you put on your back, none of that slows down. Now, you may be able to stretch out your wardrobe a little bit, but you certainly are not going to let your utility bills go. Yeah, and not only do you have to go get money, you have to go get money over and over and over and over again. Whether you're feeling good that week or bad that week, whether like you're on your game, like if you have a day job, you can kind of be off your game every now and then you still get the paycheck. That's right. And so when you think about quitting your day job, you really have to analyze very carefully what your finances are, what you can realistically cut. And you have to analyze how long that reserve that you have is going to support you and what your timing looks like from a break-even standpoint, where you'll start to break even and then actually make money to then once again, being able to support yourself from your new enterprise. Now, the third thing that I want to caution people about and think about is pressure. There is an incredible amount of pressure that comes with servicing the clients, the customers or clients. There's a lot of pressure that comes from this financial pressure. But the additional thing that happens when you're in business for yourself is, especially in this fast-paced society and economy, is you are continually having to reinvent either your product, stay current with your service, stay current with compliance, with the laws, the rules, the regulations of the products or services or the industry that you function in. That all adds up to pressure. Now, frankly, I like pressure. Yeah. I'm a worrier by nature, but I do thrive on the pressure. And so if you're going to successfully quit your day job, you have to know in your heart of hearts that I can handle the pressure, that I thrive on the pressure, that it's going to make me perform at a, even a higher level than I would normally perform without that pressure. Yeah. Most professions, if you're going to go out on your own, you really got to carve a space out and then maintain the space because there's already people there getting money for jobs. You got to right. go get those jobs and then you got to keep them from people coming behind you. You know, there's people on both sides. That is a lot to kind of constantly be going against. Absolutely. When I quit my day job as a financial planner to start Emerald Publications, even though I was self-employed, I still moved slowly before I quit my day job as a financial advisor. I was very careful about the funding. I took time to build the product and fund it. I didn't quit my day job and then build the product. I built the product mm -hmm. while I was working during the day with my day job. 
And I checked the box of pressure. I knew that I could handle the pressure because I had dealt with this really irate <laughs> client that I told you about. You would look pressure into the eye. I, yeah, in the eyes, yeah. Death in the eye. So move slow. Yeah. And consider bosses, money, and pressure. Okay, number two, before you quit your day job, I would check off this list. Number two, work harder than you ever have before at your day job. Okay, now, why do I say that? Number one, I am a big believer that opportunity comes from what we are currently excelling at. Okay, that's where great opportunity comes. It's all about the adjacent possible. And I believe because it's been true for me for 30 plus years, I believe in the law of the harvest, you reap what you sow. And as you are contributing and giving an honest day's uh, labor and effort to your current employer and employment, you not only create additional opportunities for you, but number two, you create valued connections. And valued connections in terms of you have managers, you have coworkers, while they'll be sorry to see you leave, they'll be excited for your new journey. When I quit my day job, I was a regional vice president at Public Storage, which was a way back when was a real estate syndicator. When I went in to talk to Wayne Hughes, which Wayne Hughes started Public Storage, Public Storage has grown to be the leader in the world for self-storage units. Wayne Hughes, because I had done a good job at Public Storage, he was excited about what I was going to do. And he told me that if there was anything he could ever do for me, that he'd be happy to mentor me. I could use him for a referral, on and on and on. Bill Savage was my direct report. I reported to Bill Savage. He wished me luck and success. And so I had advocates at this company where I'd only worked for two years and they had taken a chance on me. They trained me. I got my securities license there. But because I worked hard till the day I quit, I developed these great connections, which helped me launch my financial planning practice. And connections, when you're starting your own business and mentors and potential team members for your new enterprise, that all is created as you work hard at your current employment. Okay, the third item that I have under work harder than you ever have at your day job is all you learn is yours to keep. Right, yeah, skills go with you. The skills go with you. I get a kick sometimes out of, and this happens especially with, I think, in this 25 to 34 age population that are turning over every 3.1 years. Sometimes I, and especially when I've hired young team members, there's a little bit of an attitude that, you know what, I'm not going to work really hard because you're not going to own me. You're not going to get a piece of my soul. And, you know, the jobs that I've had, I found that as I really got invested in the job, and as my skills developed, those were skills that I took with me to start financial planning, my financial planning practice, and then start my publishing company, and then start the media company. And the skills that I, for example, I'll mention public storage again. I created presentations there. I learned more about real estate. I learned more about marketing. I learned about the financial services industry. All of those things have helped me immensely. And I didn't leave that knowledge behind. I right. took it with me. The skills is one aspect of it, but also the ability to work long and hard is not something, I mean, some people have it naturally. Some people are workaholics naturally, but right. for the rest of us who are not natural workaholics, it's like if you were going to run a marathon, you wouldn't want the first time 
you ran really hard to be in the race. You'd want to be running hard in practice to be getting ready for that. I look at day jobs a lot of times as how hard do I have the capacity to work? How much can I grow that capacity to work hard? Yeah, exactly. That point that you just made actually ties into the third area. So we've talked about how to quit your day job. You're going to move slowly. Number two, you're going to work harder than you ever have before at your day job. This is before you quit. And number three, when you're committed to launch, you're committed not to take lunch. When you're committed to launch, you're committed not to take lunch. Okay. When you launch a business, it is hard. It's typically competitive. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, right? I get it. There are some exceptions where people, they launch, they start making money hand over fist right away. Yeah. If you're counting on being one of those people, <laughs> come back and talk to me in 10 years yeah. <laughs> after life kicks your butt for a while. <laughs> okay. And so the reason I say launch and don't take lunch, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to under launch and don't take lunch, make that time investment and miss meals and miss social events, and miss weekends, and miss vacations, you are going to have a hard time. Now, I know Tim Ferriss would say, you really, if you're working smart, you're only working four hours a week, yeah. four hour work week, right? I'm sure Tim Ferriss only works four hours a week. Oh yeah, I am too. <laughs> and I get the concept there. Yeah. The reality for most of us is, if we are going to succeed in small business, we have to invest our time. And if you want a lifestyle business, launching your own business may offer that down the road. But typically, my experience has been that it's very hard to accomplish that immediately. Yeah. I think one group of people who might be surprised by this is people who are naturally pretty talented and good at what they do, where at the day job, they got to get up and go to a place where they were appreciated and go out to lunch with people who were like, there's a lot of support and all these things. Then all of a sudden you're on your own and you can't cruise on your talent and your natural abilities. You really do have to put in the sweat at that point. You don't have the whole team working for you. So it's a big shift. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because this afternoon, I actually had a meeting with the president of a small company that I'm on the board of directors. And the person told me that I'm tired of the buck always stopping with me. It wasn't really a complaint. It was more of a just kind of a sigh. We were going through actually a slide deck where a lot of decisions had to be made regarding the slide deck. And there was kind of this frustration about Oh, you know, that's another decision I've got to make. That's another decision yeah. I've got to make. And all of those decisions are an emotional investment and they're a time investment. And so the buck obviously is going to start, start and stop with you. And that happens very, very quickly after you quit your day job. Yeah. You don't okay. have the not my problem basket anymore. <laughs> okay. Number two under launch and don't take lunch is financial investment. Now we've talked about the financial investment. The reason I bring this up again is before you launch, you've spent money. And I find as people come to me and talk about an idea that they have and talk about what they're willing to invest in this idea, I find many times people have saved money and they're willing to invest money to nurture an idea along and whether it's manufacturing something, whether it's having to lease, a, offering a service where they have to lease office and maybe hire a couple of staff people. They're willing to invest money from their savings. But the financial commitment many times will go beyond money from your savings. 
what if you have to take out a second mortgage on your house? Right. What if you have to sell that favorite motorcycle that you've been holding on to? What if you've got to liquidate assets to fund the operation as you are marching down that entrepreneurial path? Are you willing to do it? The financial investment and the investment of time are two things that have to be so carefully weighed when you move up to this, you know, third phase of launching. And it's a tough decision. It occurs to me that like you should sit down and really calculate out how much you think you might have to put in and then probably multiply that by a factor of what? like <laughs> At least by two. Okay. My mentor, when I was a financial advisor, the gentleman's name was Willis Boyd. And you know I don't remember a whole lot of what Willis Boyd taught me, but I do remember this one saying he already had. He, he, he always said to me, he said, Craig, I'm going to tell you one of the rules in business. It always takes longer and costs more money. It always takes longer and costs more money. And you have to factor that in when you're making a decision about this financial investment. And always remember, the inhabitants of Gilligan's Island only signed up for a three-hour tour. <laughs> Very true. It went, it went a lot longer. It went a lot longer. Yeah, how long was that series? It went on a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a number of years. Okay, so that was the second item under launch and don't take lunch. The uh, third item uh, that I have here is what will success look like? Okay, so when you're ready to launch and you're willing not to take launch, you've addressed the time, you've addressed the financial, do you know what success is going to look like? When you have a business and you've invested all this time and you've invested all this money, I found personally for myself, I was willing to do that. But I will say in this last venture, I knew what success looked like five to seven years out. But I don't know that I had carefully defined what success looked like in 12 months or 24 months. And I've got to say that in this last business, I had to kind of come in and redefine that because our burn rate, our financial burn rate, the investment of time wasn't a worry, but the financial burn rate was very, very significant yeah. every single month as we continued to grow the offering, expand our personnel, et cetera. And so I had to come in and really clarify what success looked like. And I'm not talking about just financial success, but I'm talking about when do I feel like the company or the project has arrived? Right. Could a flip side of this be like, how long are you willing to fail for? Yes. Because success, like a year in, can probably look a lot like failing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that I have seen with associates and friends, I've seen a lot of people succeed in starting businesses, and I've seen a number of people fail. Another reason that it's important to really determine what success looks like is at some point, if you have defined what success looks like and you are not able to achieve that, do you throw in the towel? Do you say, okay, enough is mm -hmm. enough. It isn't working. And I have seen a few people just fly the plane into the side of the hill where they should have either had a soft landing or ejected from the cockpit. Unfortunately, you know, they flew it in to that hill. And so I really think that as you are careful defining what your success will look like, that gives you a clear path to really be able to say, okay, yeah, you know, this is realistic, this is working, or you know what, I either need to pivot or I need to land the plane. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes 
everybody wants to be motivated and inspired by these stories of really successful people like Thomas Edison, you know, who went through, I don't know the number of things that he went through trying to make the light bulb, but it's some crazy number. He, you know, he tried all these things, but I, I don't know if everybody's ready to really see what long-term failure feels like for like years and years and years to finally get to the giant success. It's not for everyone. It's really not. And I certainly don't mean this episode to be a downer. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this all sounds horrible. I know that's not the case. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to quit my day job. You're, I believe, perhaps making a mistake. Hey, you know what? Lessons. Lessons to be learned. <laughs> That's right. They're, they're waiting for you right out there. So how to quit your day job, move slowly, work harder than you ever have before at your current day job. And when you're ready to launch, don't plan on taking lunch. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're a person who quit their day job. Not only did you quit a day job and then go into self-employment, you kind of did two things. One time you quit a day job where you had a boss and all mm -hmm. of that, and then you went into business for yourself. And then another time you quit an established type of business, a business that a lot of people did. There was a pathway set out for it and you started a business that didn't exist. There wasn't another one like it and there wasn't a pathway set out for it. I think all of these steps that you're talking about, there's something that you need to think about every step of the way no matter where you are in your life, you know, you don't want to be rushing into these big decisions, but at the same time, people make the decisions and people do get to that decision. So once you do get to that decision, what's the right way to get out of the job or like, what's the right way to take that first step and really, uh, you know, launch it out? Or is there a right way? I mean, maybe it's just kind of open. I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. I I'll tell you how yeah, I... Yeah, what did you do? What I did was, you know, when I sold my first company, I stayed on board. I didn't quit my day job after I sold Emerald. I stayed on for almost six years and, mm -hmm. and still acted as a CEO and president. I left and I decided that I wanted to quit that day job and semi-retire, manage my investment portfolio, do some real estate investing. But what I found over that close to five-year period of time where I was semi-retired handling my investment portfolio, that I really longed for that whole creative experience that I had when I started my first company, the first publishing company, Emerald. And so I've got to say that as soon as I left Emerald Publications, I've got to say that I started to muse about, well, you know, wouldn't it be fun to start another operating business with team members, with products mm -hmm. and services? I mean, it really took me probably four years of being on the sideline and musing about what services or products, you know, I could succeed with going back into the industry. It was very organic. I had kept in contact with individuals in the industry and some of the people who had worked for me. And I found that while I may have wanted to jump back in and take advantage of my knowledge of the industry sooner, I really wasn't prepared or didn't have a clear vision of what I wanted to do until nearly five years later. But during that time, you had a job. I had a job. You had made a space for yourself where you could be thinking and developing and you weren't just watching your bank account go down day no, by day. No, I was doing a lot of real estate development, but I longed for as much as I enjoyed real estate development, I really longed for the creation of an operating business. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole creative side of creating content, creating a product that you can actually go and sell to individuals that you can service. But I've got to say, what you can see, I move slowly. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. because it took me five years and I worked really hard 
during those five years, I had some nice success with my real estate development firm, and I still have that Faulkner Development Group. And I realized that when I was ready to launch, I wasn't going to be taking lunches. I didn't take vacations. You know me. I mean, I've never taken a lot of vacations. During those first probably three or four years, I mean, we, we traveled very, very little. So the time investment was there. The financial investment, I've joked about this over the years. I mean, for nearly three years, I was, after the initial investment, I was funding a fully loaded, full-size Range Rover every single month. <laughs> that's a lot of Range Rovers. Yeah, that's a lot of. I figured I could have had a fleet of twenty-four plus fully loaded, full-size Range Rovers with a monthly negative cash flow. And do I remember correctly? Did this not correlate a little bit with the two thousand and eight dip? Well, it was a dip. It was the two thousand eight dip. It really kind of threw me back, looking very, very actively to see what was going on in the financial services industry. Right. But as we know, the recession, we didn't come out of the recession. You know, I mean, there's a big debate on when we actually came out of the recession. Mm -hmm. But we started Faulkner Media Group in February of 2011. And, you know, we were just still clawing our way out of the recession. But I did have to answer, just like I'm suggesting to our listeners, I did have to take these three steps and consider them very, very carefully. Yeah. And, you know, this third step where I say, you know, launch and don't take lunch. I mean, it's that time, it's that financial commitment, and it's knowing, okay, now I've achieved success. And for us, success was MRR, monthly recurring revenue. We knew, we did know, you know, at a point when we hit a certain monthly recurring revenue and our retention was 90% of our existing customers, that boom, we had achieved success. You know, success that would allow us then to layer on additional products, additional services, and expand our team. So what I'm taking from this, there's been a lot of words of caution, and I know neither you nor I want to discourage future entrepreneurs. But how I'm hearing this is instead of looking at your job as this prison that's keeping you from what you want to do, Take what you want to do and turn your job into a long runway to launch into that. You know, you have as much time as you need to develop your ideas, to train up your skills, to save money, all of these things while you're at a day job. And mm -hmm. just make sure you're extremely ready when you decide to take off and launch. Don't just jump off the cliff. That's exactly right. So we are all for you quitting your day job. We just want you to do it effectively and we want to see you succeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the better you get at your day job, sometimes just do better at your day job. You might find that you just, you enjoy right. it, you know? Exactly. Or get another job. There's a lot yeah. of places to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's another episode. Okay. Well, thanks so much. That's great. I think those are a lot of really good ideas to keep in mind. And yeah, that was an awesome one. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. We'll see you next time.